0: And welcome to another edition of Across the County. I am Noah. Thank you so much for joining me. Well, on today's show, we are honored to talk with actually another fellow show here on The Answer San Diego. If you're listening on Kay Praise, it's on our sister station, The Answer San Diego. Go to TheAnswerSanDiego.com. It's 1170 a.m. FM, 96.1 in the North County area. And every Sunday from 830 to 9 a.m., you can hear the flatline with Rick Hughes. And I'm going to be bringing Rick here in just a second onto the show. And if you've never heard of Rick, he's founder and president of Rick Hughes Evangelistic Ministries, Inc., and he communicates clear and concise biblical principles for hearers and listeners to choose to use in their lives. So important, I think, now in today's world and the times that we live in. And he's been doing this for over 50 years. You know, so many thousands of truths that we can teach to uh, our fellow man out there. And I think we need to be able to take this spiritual battle, if you will, because there is a spiritual battle going on in the nation, and we need to equip people. And what I'd like to find out first is— what flatline actually is i think that's a very important thing to discover so let's bring him on in we have rick hughes with us on the show today rick thanks for taking the time we're going to go into so many different directions but i'm glad to have you on the show and to be able to talk with you at last
1: well hey noah it's great to be with you there at san diego kcbq i appreciate the opportunity all the way from the great state of alabama
0: oh that's awesome i've never been to alabama always wanted to go so roll tide my friend
1: Yep, roll tide. I played a little bit of football there. Not a lot, but a little bit.
0: Yeah, we'll get into that just a little bit, but you have a great show. It's uh, 30 minutes of inspiration and motivation and education. And here's the best part, never any manipulation. And it's the FLOT line. So, I mean, I have the description in front of me, but I'm going to ask you directly, what is the FLOT line? What does FLOT stand for?
1: Well, this is a coin, a phrase that my pastor coined years ago. He's dead now. He's gone to be with the Lord, but he pastored uh, his church for 53 years, and he was a retired lieutenant colonel from the Army Air Corps. And he coined this phrase, the FLOT line, F-L-O-T stands for the Forward Line of Troops. And uh, what that basically refers to is we're teaching 10 unique problem-solving devices found in the Bible, nothing that we discovered, nothing new or anything like that. And uh, if you put them together, these 10 problem-solving devices form a main line of resistance in your soul so that when you use them, you can stop the outside sources of adversity before they ever become the inside source of stress. That's why we always say adversity is inevitable, but stress is optional. So that's what it's about, teaching God's Word, understanding these 10 unique problem-solving devices that make up the flat line
0: in your soul. And now more than ever, I mean, there's so much turmoil going on in our society, Rick. I think this is important now more than ever.
1: Well, it certainly is. The nation is full of anxiety, and uh, it's a time of chaos, a lot of time of confusion and darkness in our country. I often say there's a train wreck coming, and I can hear the whistle blowing right now. <laughs> I like think you understand that. Oh, yeah. Unless something changes... I really don't know what to expect in the next few years, but I know that Jesus Christ controls history. So I know I don't have anything to be afraid of with that flat line in my soul that he'll protect me and take me through whatever we're looking at. But it's going to be some radical changes if it keeps going the way that it's going. Satan's having a heyday in the darkness, and that's why we're called to be light of the world in Matthew 5, let our light shine. That's what we try to do on the flat line is to light up the listeners so that they can have options and know what their choices are.
0: I love that, and, and you hit the nail right on the head right here, Rick, because, yeah, there's a lot of turmoil going on in the nation, and we really don't know where it's going to go. I pray every day for our nation, multiple times a day. I pray that we can actually turn this country around, and who knows, if that's God's plan, if we put our faith in Him, that's exactly what will happen, but we're going to have to wait and see. But at the end of the day, regardless, it is a very comforting feeling knowing that no matter what, that the Lord Jesus Christ is still on the throne.
1: Yeah, He still controls history, and I think we can turn it around, but just remember Gideon did not need a lot of men. He just needed 300 well-qualified soldiers. And God doesn't need millions. He just needs a few mature Christians that understand his program, understand the protocol plan of God, grow to spiritual maturity, and as goes their life, so goes the history of this nation. They make up what we call... The Pivot, the core group of mature believers that can deliver this nation. And that's really what my show is about. I'm looking for pivot potential. I'm looking for men and women that want to grow, to be spiritually mature, as Second Peter 3.18 says, grow in the grace and the knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that's a mandate. That verb grow is not a request. That's a mandate. And even our Lord Jesus Christ said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. So grow learn, study to show yourself approved unto God, a work that needeth not to be ashamed, another verb, another mandate, grow, learn, study, it's all there. But unfortunately, a lot today, a lot of preachers have become performers, and they're not teaching the Word of God, and that's what's discouraging people not learning, they're not growing, and they don't understand how a right thing has to be done in a right way, because the right thing done in a wrong way is still wrong. Do you understand what I'm talking about in that concept, or should I enlighten you a little bit on that?
0: Oh, I completely understand And You just said mandate, and probably the best way that it can be used, because you have these mandates from these government dictators, you know, trying to enslave the American people. And, you know, mandates can be a good thing when they're, you know, from up on high.
1: That's right, from the Word of God. And we are mandated to, to learn God's Word, understand it, how it works, when I played football years ago, we had a playbook, you know what I'm talking about, and they give you the playbook, and they say, okay, learn to play, yep. boy. Yep. I don't care how good-looking you are. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how fast you are. If you don't know the play, you're not going to play.
0: Yeah, All if you, right, if you don't play. know the roadmap of what's going on in the game, you could be the t- most talented young man on the face of the earth. You're going to do nothing.
1: That's right. Well, I think God has a, has a process, and I think believers sometimes don't understand the process. And I'll give you an example of a right thing done in a wrong way. And this is why we try to teach the truth on the fly line. It's never wrong to pray. However, there's a right way to pray and a wrong way to pray. And if you're praying the wrong way, your prayer is not going to go any higher than the ceiling. And you say, well, where does it say that in the Bible? Well, it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. So if I'm a Christian and I have unconfessed sin in my life, my prayer is not going to be answered until I deal with the sin.
0: I think, you know what, it's really great that you say that, because I think there's a lot of people, a lot of Christians that do some, you know, pretty, what they would call hardcore prayer with, you know, what's going on in our nation and not realizing that there's some sin in their life that they need to confess. I think at times we are all guilty of that, but that's why you need to take it up a notch and say, you know what, what am I doing in my daily life that I really, you know, I'm not on track with the Lord. And if you're not, fix it, repent, and, you know, take yourself to that next spiritual level. That's so important.
1: Well, it is, and the word repent is interesting. There are several Greek words for repent in the Bible, metanoia, 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 metanoia oh, and metamelami. And uh, there are three different Greek words, and they all three mean something different. But when the Bible talks about repent, it meant metanoia means to change your mind, change the way you think. Noia comes from the word noose, and meta is an association with, and so we're to change the way we think as Christians. And this is why Romans 12:3 says, Stop thinking in terms of arrogance beyond what you should think, but think in terms of humility as God has assigned to each one of us a standard of thinking from his word. And remember Philippians 2, 5, Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So the spiritual life is lived in your mind. This is where you think your thoughts. This is what God's looking at. If he wants to check you out, he's not looking at what you're wearing. He's not looking at where you're living. He's looking at what you're thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is, the Bible says, that's the real me and the real you. And so uh, if we understand the protocol plan of God revolves around how we think and understand his plan, requires us to do certain things. And number one is to grow up spiritually, not be babies all our life. Unfortunately, a lot of people don't get that choice in their churches. They're not being fed the Word of God. And the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 5 said it this way. He said i got a lot of things I'd like to tell you, but I can't tell you because you can't handle it. You're like a baby that needs a bottle. And this is, for me, it was that way in my life for a long time until I got under a well qualified pastor that got me away from all the gobbledygook, you know, all the praise the Lord, hallelujah, brother, yes, yes, this, and yes, that. It all sounded great, but it never really made any sense. And once I learned the mechanics to the spiritual life, Then I began to grow and began to process God's Word and hopefully become an effective believer, representing the Lord Jesus Christ in my life.
0: Yeah, there's a lot more mechanics to being a Christian, I think, that most than people would like to admit, or maybe that they don't even know, and that's why these things are so important. We're talking about some of them today, and The Flatline is a great show. I want you to check it out on The Answer San Diego. That's AM 1170, TheAnswerSanDiego.com. Rick Hughes is the host, and we're going to dive here in just a moment into his testimony, which I find tremendously fascinating and important, but he's authored several books, and he hosts The Flatline radio broadcast and daily podcast, and it's available for free on his website, go to rickhughesministries with an S.org. Well, now let's get into your testimony because I know you were playing football. You're, you know, being coached by Paul Bear Bryant, and uh, your team even won a national championship that year. And you had one successful year, but then it kind of took a turn. Uh, I know you were pretty big into football. You love the game. What happened, Rick? Because uh, you weren't a believer. You weren't saved at the time.
1: No, no. I, d- I did not grow up in church. I grew up in a single-family, single-parent home, just my mom and I. Never met my father. I really don't know who he was. I don't have a clue about that. But uh, when I got to high school, I had a football coach who took an interest in me. And I was kind of big and kind of strong. And so he convinced me to come out and play football and get involved in track and field as well. And not a sprinter. I was a weight man throwing the shot put in the discus and was able to set the state records in both events. Eventually uh, got offered football scholarship to go, and I signed with the University of Florida, Noah. However, the University of Florida said, we want you to take the entrance exam, and I said, what's that? They said, well, that'll tell us how smart you are. I said, I can tell you that right now. Duh. (laughs) (laughs) I I took the entrance exam and didn't pass it. And so my coach got kind of just frustrated, and he said, well, congratulations, about a year you'll be dead. And I'm like, Dad, I feel great, Coach. What are you talking about, Dad? He said, son, there's a war in Southeast Asia and Vietnam, and you're going to get drafted and go. You're not going to college, and they'll shoot you. You're too big to hide. So I decided I better get my grades up like they should be, and I did. I got to paying attention and quit goofing off. Got them up, took the test again, and passed it, and then got accepted in the University of Alabama as a freshman in 1964. And that was the year Joe Namath was a senior, old Broadway Joe, if you remember him. Yeah. Uh, I was only a freshman, and I didn't stick it out. My sophomore year, I didn't come back. I, I left school and went down what we call the My Way Highway. I don't know if you've ever been on that road or not, but the My Way Highway is you go down that road through arrogance when you justify why you're right and everybody else is wrong. And my coach told me, get back down here. We're counting on you. And I'm like, no, I'm not coming back. I'm, I got a car. I got a girlfriend. I got an apartment. I don't really need football anymore. You know, what a terrible mistake I made. And fortunately, after three years of going down the my way highway, I didn't self-destruct, but God graciously protected me. And I wound up dating a girl that took me to a Bible study. And it was at that Bible study that I heard that I could change my life if I would accept Christ as my Savior.
0: What was your initial, when you heard that for the first time, Rick, what was going through your mind? Did you think that it was something that you're like, yeah, I need this in my life. I don't really like the direction and where I'm going. Or, or you're like, nah, I, I could take it or leave it.
1: Well, I had a lot of guilt. I was ashamed. I'd lay in my bed at night and I'd see a spotlight in my head. And it show me the stupid things I'd done and opportunities I'd wasted. I, I could see that. And uh, it really, it didn't start at that Bible study. It started a little bit earlier with a date with a girl. And and uh, I had gone to church with her, but I didn't get anything out of church. I just saw a bunch of weirdos in there, and I didn't listen. I didn't pay attention. But after church, I ran into a ball player in Alabama who said, I'm disappointed that you're not here. You left. What happened? And and he told me that he looked up to somebody who changed his life, and he wished I'd get to know him. I thought he's talking about a coach, Noah. But he said, it's Jesus Christ, God's son, and you really need it." And that got me thinking. And then later that night uh, when I heard that if any man's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away and all things become new. And that was what I wanted to hear, chance to start my life all over again. So uh, I took it on the knee, as the football term said. I took it on the knee in a bedroom with this guy's house. And I prayed and I asked God to save me. I told him I was willing to receive Christ as my Savior. And I didn't feel a thing. And no harps, no music, no lights, blink, nothing but it worked, and uh, when I left that night, when I went back home at the bed, I really had peace with God for the first time in my life, yeah, but then I had to get back into college and went back to a Bible college, and I almost got thrown out of the Bible college. I was 22 years old, and a lot of them, I was in a freshman dorm with 17, 18-year-old kids, and I got mad, punched one of them one time, and the dean of students said, now, we're glad you're saved, son, but you can't hit people. <laughs> I didn't know I still had a sin nature. Yeah. Yes, I was a Christian, but I still had a sinful nature. So the Bible says the flesh wars against the spirit, and the spirit wars against the flesh and they're contrary one to the other.
0: And that's where that I plot line learn. is so important.
1: Yeah, I had to learn how to let the Holy Spirit control my life every day and what to do when I did sin. I didn't even know what sin was, you know, and I've learned that sin comes in three areas something you think, something you say, or something you do. And uh, a lot of people don't realize you can sin by sitting in your chair and thinking, and especially I can sin real easy driving down the interstate. <laughs> I bet you know what that means in San Diego. Oh yeah. Because, uh, driving around some of the cities I've been in, people will run over you, and get mad at you, and then you go crazy. You're like, get out of the way, get out of the way.
0: I may uh, have, uh, Rick, I may have been guilty of that once or twice.
1: Uh, I bet. <laughs> but let's take a, let's take a, precious guy that's got a family getting ready to go to church on Sunday morning and every chaos breaks out his wife yells at him his kids aren't ready on time and he loses his temper and then he's fussing with everybody and then he finally gets down to church and has to honk the horn blow the horn at people on the way because he's late gets in there and the preacher asks him to get up and have an opening prayer he's full of mental attitude sin. he's been frustrated angry bitter all morning now he's up there praying this great prayer. Oh, God, we thank thee, God, for this wonderful day. That prayer is not going any higher in the ceiling until he gets rid of the mental attitude sins he committed on the way to church that morning.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting, a little bit earlier you mentioned, and I find this just fascinating because it's oh, so true— the My Way Highway. And, you know, I'm harkened back to the old Sinatra song, which I used to like until I really started examining what it really meant. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you're not doing it God's way, uh, you're going to fall flat on your face. So you can try and do it my way. You might get away with it for a little bit, maybe even a long while. But if it's not God's way, it's uh, not meant to be. And you really should need to start uh, checking your inventory a little bit more closely. Isn't that right?
1: Yep, I'm a bass fisherman. I love to bass fish, and I could have been a professional angler. I had that talent and that ability, but that was my passion, but not my priority because I knew what my spiritual gift was and I knew what God had called me to do. But, you know, when you're fishing for bass, you got to trick them. You use artificial lures and tempt them and tease them. Satan's very good at this, about tempting us and teasing us and tricking us and deceiving us with deception. And before you know it, He's got you thinking something that's not true at all. And it's always a shame when people find out 20 years later what a stupid thing they did, what a stupid decision they made, either in who they married or what occupation they chose. I mean, the will of God is so phenomenal. God has a great plan for us. He tells us that in the book in the book of Jeremiah. I know my plans for you. and They're not to harm you, but to give you a great, wonderful future. But if we'll learn it and use God's will, God's plan, where He wants us to be, what He wants us to think, what He wants us to do, then that's the most happy you'll ever be in your life, because Jesus said these words, happiness belongs to those people who hear my Father's Word and keep it. That's the key to it. We all want to be happy. It's some number one pursuit in life.
0: You know, you're an evangelist. Uh, you're a broadcaster. You, you know, you do so much at bringing, you know, spiritual knowledge to people, which is oh so important. Uh, you had a life-changing decision to start down a new path involving Christian ministry. Do you ever miss the game of football?
1: No, I get to watch plenty of it on Saturday right now, so I'm I'm perfectly happy and just I don't miss that at all. Uh, the competitive world of me was in the bass fishing, competitive world, and then, and I've quit competing in bass tournaments now as I've gotten older. But yeah, I love to compete. Uh, you know, any red-blooded American loves to compete. I don't care if it's win winked we want to win, right?
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's something that's in our nature. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's all about what you do and how you do it. And again, if God is involved within that. I know something God is involved in is with all the different books that you've written. You've written several, and you have a new one, which I'm tremendously excited about. We were talking a little bit about before we started the show together called Christian Problem Solving. Tell our listeners about that.
1: Well, it's a great new book that deals with the 10 unique problem solving devices that we talk about on the radio show, The Flatline. And what we did is we took the transcripts of each of those 10 problem-solving devices and put them in a chapter. And uh, the first chapter is my testimony. deals with how I became a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. And then it goes through each one of those 10 problem-solving devices one at a time to help people understand what they are. And as I said, it's nothing new. It's nothing we discovered. It's really something my pastor taught me years ago. These are age-old biblical doctrines, like the filling of the Holy Spirit, the confession of known sin, living by faith, having biblical orientation and grace orientation, finding a personal sense of destiny, things like this. And it's nothing weird, but uh, it's a different way of thinking, and it's, it's a way that gives you great peace and great comfort when you understand that you're fulfilling the plan of God for your life.
0: You know, I'll tell you, on that note, speaking of plans for your life, something I knew I was going to ask you, uh, what are your thoughts, and even with yourself, of, you know, people obviously they want certain things for their lives, and sometimes God can show them something completely different. Sometimes it's just the timing of it. He might show you what you want, but you're not going to get it quite when you think you should or able to get it. And, you know, it's often that timeline that is often the difference. God can tell you yes— And God can tell you no. There's also kind of, I call it, hold, please. God won't answer your prayers of something that you're asking for until he's quite ready for that. So, you know, it's interesting that sometimes people pray, sometimes people want, but they don't realize that God's not in that equation.
1: Well, that's true. There's nothing worse than getting ahead of God, unless it's getting behind God. So you want to stay in step with God, stay in step with him through his word. He speaks through his word, and this is where you hear from God, through the word. And the reason I found out I was an evangelist, I was in a Bible study, and I read a verse of scripture. I didn't know what it meant at the time, but this is what it said. Pray for me that utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am ambassador in bonds. And that was Paul's words. I never knew that 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 would apply to my life but it did, but it has to be at the right time and the right way at the right place. And so you can get ahead of God. You can force the door open. And then when you, when that happens, you're going to regret it because it's going to cost you, <laughs> going to cost you big time. I remember one time I wanted this particular van. I thought it was so cool if I could buy that van and I bought that van uh-huh. knowing that it wasn't God's will. And I drove that sucker for millions of miles behind uh-huh. the got- Are you sick of it yet? Yes, sir, I'm sick of it. I won't ever do that again. (laughs) So, I mean, he taught me a lesson. You don't do it until I tell you to do it, until I show you. And he shows me through his word and through the filling of the Holy Spirit. We have thousands of decisions we make every day in our ministry concerning the printing of books, the, the, the contracting with radio stations, and the tremendous finances involved in all of that. And we have to know it's the will of God, or we just don't do it. So there's a way to determine that and understand that.
0: You know, you guys at Recuse at Evangelistic Ministries, uh, you guys do so much good with students and also uh, people in the private school sector, which I think right now is huge in America. I think that's kind of going to be where the... Uh, resurgence of education is. These public schools, are a lot of them are lost. And so what you guys do with that is tremendously important. What do you guys do directly with the schools? I'm very curious.
1: Well, there's a term that says, you don't choose the battlefield. God does that for you, but you can plant the colors where the colors never flew. And uh, when I first started speaking in schools, the first time I really went at it, I spoke in 430 high schools in two years. Wow. The great state of mississippi that was 15 schools a week five days a week and then we went to georgia and started speaking in schools in georgia and we eventually changed it to one week one school called a spiritual emphasis week but during that time the public schools shut down and now we get into private schools and uh you know there may be 150 kids or it may be 500 kids they're not church schools they're just private academies all across the south
0: mm-hmm.
1: and some um, in the midwest as well but uh these schools still allow people to come in and mention God's name and teach God's word, and it's amazing to watch these kids. And I'm getting older now. I'm not the young man I was when I first started doing this back in the 70s, but they respond to the message, not the man. They respond to the message, and if you teach them the word of God, they're smart enough to pick up on it and know you're not there to con them because the first day or two, they're going to watch you. What's his gimmick? You know, what's his, what, what's his modus vivendi? What's he up to? And if you give them the Word of God, and you give them the truth, and you're honest with them, they light right up and they respond to it. And it's been tremendous to see some of these things happen with these kids. And we'll take our books, and we'll distribute them out on the table. So if you want them, help yourself. There they are. They're free, and they take them up by the hundreds.
0: And the sooner you get to the kids, the better I find, you know, and some people might disagree with me, but I think kids' minds are like sponges, and especially if you get them when they're curious about, you know, the things going on in life and, you know, how things are made up. I I think, you you know, you get them at a young age, and you can really fill them with some great spiritual and godly knowledge.
1: Well, the social media influencers are doing their job today, distracting a lot of kids. And uh, you know what I'm talking about, social media influencers, and... So many young people want to be a social media influencer. They think they can make money doing that. And that's particularly in the world of competitive fishing I've been talking about. A lot of fishermen are trying to be social media influencers and get their YouTube channel going get followers and, and get money. And, and Satan is full of, he's just got all kinds of people out there to give you all kind of false information. There's nothing better than a well-qualified pastor. If you have a pastor in a local church, that's teaching the Word of God accurately and consistently, that's the media influencer you need to be under. And you need to be there with your Bible, with your notebook, and learning and applying the Word of God to your life, or else you're going to be led in the wrong way,
0: I promise you. And you know what? The right pastor, because I have to tell you, one of the pastors here in San Diego, what got me to go to, to his church was just something about the, the, the spirit within him that, that God had placed on how to convey that very message of the Bible. And when the pastor does it, an enlightened pastor, in the right way, with the right tone, so many souls and so many lives can be changed. It's, it's quite incredible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and my pastor wasn't like that now. He was more like Bear Bryant. You know, Bear Bryant was a tough coach. But, oh, yeah. Uh, and my pastor was a tough guy. He would say, show up, shut up, and take it till you make it. <laughs> so He wasn't a loving kind of guy who's going to hold your hand, say, you. it'd be okay,
0: you know, hang in there. And sometimes it's he the tough me. love that we need, isn't it?
1: Yeah, he fed me. He taught me the Word of God. He demanded my attention. Pay attention. Listen. And uh, and I was not a very smart individual in high school. I mean, I wasn't a dummy, but I didn't have a great, brilliant IQ. But I learned so much under his ministry of how to take notes and how to spell, and learned about history and learned all just so much by his teaching ministry that he did for me in my life. And that's what a pastor's supposed to do. He's a shepherd, and we're those old dumb sheep out there wandering around, doesn't know what we're doing. You got the right shepherd. That's a wonderful thing
0: it's a wonderful thing, just like uh, the wonderful thing that is this interview, because I have to tell you, uh, Rick Hughes, I have really enjoyed talking with you. I learned so much more than I thought that I would, and I have to have you back on the show. People can catch your show, The Flatline, with Rick Hughes, 8.30 to 9 a.m. every Sunday, right on the there on The Answer San Diego. Again, if you're listening to KPR, it's our sister station, The Answer San Diego, 11.70 a.m., also TheAnswerSanDiego.com. People can find out more about you at your website, which is Rick Hughes Ministries, with rickhughesministries.org rickhughesministries.org So many of your different books that they can uh, find out and research and read and pass along and share. The newest one, Christian Problem Solving, I highly recommend people check that out. Anything in closing, Rick, that you'd like to leave our listening audience with, just as a, uh, a passing message of inspiration?
1: Well, I'm very honored to be able to be with you I would remind you that the greatest decision you'll ever make in your life is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. The dumbest thing you could ever do is to reject Christ because you leave the justice of God, no alternative. If you reject Christ as your Savior, then you force the hand of God to judge you, and you don't want to be judged by God in the lake of fire forever, I promise you. So do what the Bible says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. That's the single greatest decision you'll ever make in your life.
0: Rick Hughes, thank you so much for the time today. It's been a great honor, my friend.
1: Thank you, Noah. Great to be with you.
0: Noah here on Across the County. Again, check it out, rickhughesministries.org, and check out the Flatline every Sunday, 8.30 to 9 a.m. on The Answer San Diego.